Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text for today comes from the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate one from another as a sheep, sheep shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when it was, and when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, you did it just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family. You did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. For I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. I was naked, and you did not give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to everlasting life. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please join me in prayer. God of mystery and majesty, your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are not our ways. So guide us by your Holy Spirit as we listen for your word speaking in the scriptures, that we may encounter your living word and find our thoughts and ways transformed by your love. Amen.
Pastors tend to either love or hate this passage. Now, most pastors will preach it as a warning. It is a warning that we are to care for those who are in our midst or face everlasting punishment. The other way to preach it is to kind of preach it in, in almost the same way that it's a warning. But especially if you're a church that's very active, it's, it's, there's some a way of almost patting yourselves on the back for being such a good, good person that you're helping the poor. But I'm wondering, maybe there is another way to see this passage and to understand at least what this text could be saying, you have to look at Groundhog's Day. Now, I am not talking about the actual Groundhog Day. I'm actually talking about the movie. It's a 1993 movie starring Bill Murray. And Murray is a weatherman named Phil in Pittsburgh. And he is kind of a jerk. He doesn't really like anybody. He doesn't like his job. He wants to get out of Pittsburgh. And he's asked to go to the town of Poxitani, of course, for Groundhog's Day, to do a report from there. And he doesn't want to do that. He comes into town on February 1st to get ready. On February 2nd, he does all the things he has to do for that day. He can't wait to get out of this town of Hicks so that he can just live the rest of his life. So he does everything on February 2nd, goes to bed. He wakes up to the sound of Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe. And he realizes it's still February 2nd. He lives that day all over again. And he's wondering, maybe this is some kind of weird deja vu. But he starts to live February 2nd, Groundhog's Day, over and over and over again. And when he does that, sometimes he starts to think that he can take advantage of things, that basically he can do whatever he wants because there's no consequence, because there's no tomorrow. So he is doing all sorts of crazy and probably not very wise things from, you know, overeating to um, one night stands to everything that you can think he would be doing. And so he goes through that period. And then he goes to a period where he has entered a state of despair that he will never ever leave this time loop. And it goes over and over again. So in many cases, he tries to kill himself. And one time, actually, he actually steals Poxitani Phil and the two of them drive over and down over and run off to a cliff to their death. Of course, he woke up the next morning. It was still February 2nd. But this is where something interesting happens. He comes to accept that he can't escape. So when he before when he was doing whatever he wanted and then he became went to this period of, of despair. Now it's acceptance. 
And he starts to do, he starts to change. He starts to help people out. He starts to do, to learn things like playing the piano or learning a different language. And all of this is happening with someone else around him, this woman named Rita, who's played by Andy McDowell. At first, he just wanted to seduce her. But as the movie goes on, he falls in love with her. And he tells her finally one night, because he has confessed all that this, this weirdness has been going on, that even if he has to live the same day over and over and over again, he wants to live it with, him, with her. So he wakes up the next morning. He hears Sonny and Cher, but then he hears banter that he didn't hear before. It's February 3rd. The time loop has broken. His life moves forward, but he is a changed man. Because at the beginning of that movie, he could not wait to get out of Poxitani. But now, Phil says to Rita that maybe this is a good place to live. The whole thing about this movie is that's so interesting is how Phil, the character, changes. He is someone who basically lives really missing out on life. He doesn't see anyone else around him but himself. And, but being in that time loop, changed him. As I said, he went from kind of being a jerk to this sense of despair to acceptance. And all of that kind of wore down all the sharp edges. And he started to enjoy life. He started to take part in the little things in life that he had missed all along. People that he no longer had time for, he wanted to take interest in their very lives. I have looked over the years at this passage many, many, many times. And basically what you always hear is, we must care for those who are poor or we're going to hell. Now it doesn't necessarily, people don't always say it that way, but that's kind of how we interpret it. And the message here, I think though, the danger is that it can become moralistic, that it becomes a nice moral tale. But that's not the purpose of this parable. If you look at Matthew 25, the last few weeks, we have been telling stories, and Jesus is telling all of these stories, and all of them have one thing in connection. It is about the end of time. It is about Jesus coming back to return. And so, and the same theme comes up over and over again. How are you living your life? What are you doing with the time that you have? He has to remind them, of course, that Christ will return and that no one knows the day or the hour. And it reminds me of that scene in, from Acts 1-8 where Jesus has ascended and the angels look at the disciples and say, why are you looking up? He's coming back, which also was tying to saying, 
He's coming back, so get busy. So, it's also interesting that this is the last parable in the book of Matthew. Once this concludes, Jesus then is, goes through his trial, his arrest, his trial, and his crucifixion. We want to live a good life for one very important reason. Because Christ gave up his life for ours. Now, this whole thing is about the judgment. In fact, some Bibles call this the last judgment. And so, we are going to be judged. And how did we live our lives with the time that we had? And it is important to know that Jesus also lived to be judged in our place. And so when we stand at that future judgment, we also know that Jesus went through what we had gone through. What is the good life? The good life is a lot of things, and it's not what we tend to think it is. It's not about things, about people. It is about caring for your neighbor, caring for the stranger. It is about caring for the least of these. And you do it in a way that's not extraordinary. It is incredibly ordinary. It is about the day-to-day -day life. We want to live a good life because of what Jesus did with his life. We want to live and do these things of caring in the same way that you would breathe. You know, since September, we have been talking about this series, The Church Has Left the Building, and we are concluding with this. And what I really hope is that you took what this series was all about. That it was about how do you be church when you're out of church? And there are ways that you are, and we've talked all about that. It's a reminder that the church is not where we are Christians, but it is the launching pad. It is a launching point into the world where we live our lives and we do, and part of how we live our lives is how we care for the least of these. So it is my prayer that you are always looking for ways of how you can care for the other. Care for those in the, your congregation and for those that you even haven't met. The interesting thing about Phil in the movie Groundhog Day is that he never took he never realized how what life was going on around him. He missed it all. It took him to be caught in the time loop to realize what he had missed. The goats in the parable also did not pay attention. So did the sheep, but they didn't pay attention to what was going on around them. And I pray that we pay attention, that we pay attention to those people that are around us, our friends, our neighbors, our strangers, and care for them. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's f-c-c-s-a-i-n-t-p-a-u-l.org. May God be with you in the coming week.